Hi there, and welcome to Thursday's edition of Eddie Sports in Question. I'm sure many of you have been enjoying the show via the Winnell Sports Week podcast feed, and I'm delighted to say that next Tuesday, the Winnell Sports Week podcast will be back on air with an interview with Eric Braff. But don't turn away from Any Sports in Question. Sign up to the other feed available on iTunes. Just search for Any Sports in Question in the iTunes store, subscribe, and the episodes will be downloaded directly to your computer. But not until you've enjoyed Thursday's edition of Any Sports in Question. Welcome to Any Sport in Question, I'm Graham Bell and with the news that Kelly Brook has been released from her role as a judge on Britain's Got Talent, I've just got one thing to say. Kelly, I need a scorer. Give me a ring. Joining me in the studio today is the only man to hold an unbeaten record on the show, but what do you expect from the Master of Sport? Daniel Cleary, how are we? Oh, Graham, I'm sick and I'm tired and it's just of these podcasts, but other than that, I'm very well. I'm very, very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Glad to be uh, back here bringing you another podcast as it's six questions, 45 seconds, one winner with the scores being given at the end. So let's begin with the disappearance of Robinho from the Manchester City training camp. The Brazilian claims it's all above board, but the Blues are still finding their star player. So Dan, is this the end for City and their dreams? Well, I'm not sure it is actually, Graham. Um, it clearly hasn't worked for City so far. They've, uh, you know, He was the only big sign in Robinho before the window closed. I know they brought in like the likes of Zabaleta, but generally speaking, he was the one. But they... I think we can only judge them on their vision come the end of next season when they've had a full year at it and when, at the end of the day, Mark Hughes has had time to spend this guy's money without the restrictions of a transfer window. I think next season they'll be a lot better prepared. The revolution is over for me. It's a very sad thing to say, but it's true. De Jong, Bellamy, wow, what great world beaters they've signed there. Defence is what they need to buy and may I suggest that they also need a top four manager, but really, what did they expect with Robinho? He was a troublemaker at Real Madrid. He lived the party life over there. There's something more sinister going on with this story. He claims it's to sort out a passport for his son back home. That's why he went. I'm not too sure. I believe there's something else going on here, which is rather more serious and could bring some real problems to the Eastland Stadium. Well, Graham, we're going to move over to uh, Rugby Union now, and uh, a bit of shopping, shocking news this week as Matt Stevens failed a drugs test. Um, as a result, he's been banned from playing rugby. The drug's a recreational one, and he's admitted to having a very serious problem. But um, no points in offering this question, but does he command respect for coming out with his problems? Matt Stevens right now needs respect, and he needs to be treated with the correct terms by everyone. He's just a player who's made a mistake in life, and unlike so many others who have similar problems, he has to live it in the public there. But can I say, shame on Bath, shame on Darren Morris, shame on all these other players who have come out. Bath came out and said he has let the club down. I'm very sorry, but this is a guy who gave heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears, to the club and all they care about is themselves you've got to take a long hard look at yourself Bath and you've got to support what is your player for his troubles and able to sort out his life and get him back on track well I agree to an extent I'd I'd not want to be seen to condone the use of drugs but he is only human Uh, drugs are a problem and if you get sucked in then you need help getting out he's got 32 caps for England that's no mean feat he's got a promising career and I think he needs help and support to get through his issues Um, Wendell Saylor had a a long two year ban before and I don't think that should be the case this time I think something's got to be done about that exactly Matt Stevens, you have all the best wishes of us on the show but I can't bring the master of sport in without a couple of cricketing conundrums for us all as Andrew Strauss has suggested that the players might be able to play in the Indian Premier League for longer than the 15 days that have been suggested. So Dan, is this good for English cricket? Well, more interestingly for me was his suggestion that the players have got to start taking more responsibility for their own preparation work. Um, If the players think that IPL is a good way of preparing for a couple of tests against the West Indies, they live and die by the sword and on their heads be it. But um, for for me, I think it's fine for the batsmen. It might free them up. It might make them play a little bit like they did in 05 and they're regularly scoring at four and over. But in terms of the bowlers, I'd like to see them in four-day cricket. Harmison, Broad, get Miles in the tank, and generally speaking, they bowl better. 
Who doesn't want to see England's best players perform in the IPL? Quite simply me. I thought it was a very poor tournament last season. And what does 2020 actually bring to a test match play? You look at Harmson, as you said, he went down to the county game, got the miles in the tank, and he became a great bowler when he's put on the free lines again. It's a bit of slack and teal that tickle that are going to do these guys no good in getting organised to play a serious test series against the Australians. Well, Graham, if we go to off-the-field matters now, uh, two contenders for the top job in the ECB, as Giles Clark faces a challenge from Lord Marland, who is pledged to return Test cricket to -to free-to-air television. Um, Should it be brought back to terrestrial? Yes, yes, yes. 2005, it may seem so long ago now, and I don't want to be seen like I'm harping on about the old days, but imagine if that Ashes series had been on Sky TV and the delirium that the country, the fantastic parade they had through London, could never have been matched, Okay, A bit of research has come out saying that cricket isn't in kids' top five sports now compared to five years ago, because it's not ready available for them to watch on TV. Now, the Ashes were less than five years ago. Why aren't those kids still attracted to this sport? Simply because it's not there for the youngsters to see and for them to wish to emulate their players. Well, I don't really see a problem in, to an extent with the main matches not being on, on terrestrial. Um, it's not ideal, but we live in a capitalist world. The ECB took the money, and if that's more money that ends up going to grassroots and going into club cricket, then I'm fine with that. But no cricket is not ideal, and I'd quite like to see a, a slightly more extensive highlights package make its way onto ITV or the BBC. I quite agree. I think that the highlights programme on Channel 5 is, is on at the wrong time to order to get people involved in the game. But let's go back to football now, and let's pop back up to the Eastlands, where Manchester City have accused 80 Milan of bottling it over the transfer of Kaka. What I want to know is, and this is a question for all you viewers at home as well, what is the greatest bottling it moment in sports history? Send your answers in to asq at hotmail.co.uk. Yes, we're back on the old email address. But Dan, what's your favourite bottling it moment? I've got two contenders for me, both from the Southern Hemisphere. South African cricket team still not won a World Cup and there's that all that famous line of uh, Herschel Gibbs dropped the World Cup and uh, in the following game they, uh, they tied with Australia catastrophic run out at the end with Alan Donald memorable memorable scenes and, and still that haunts them I think to this day and the other one for me the All Blacks rugby team might seem surprising they're, they're, they've often been rated the number one team in the world they've got a lot of fantastic players but they haven't won a World Cup since the first one there's only one man for it for me, and that's Jean van der Velder at the Open Championship at 1999 at Canoustie. Coming up to the 18th hole, he only needed a double bogey to collect the title. And so what did he do? He took his driver out and he put it into the water, but it landed on the land. The next shot, he put it into the grandstand. And then the next shot after that, he put it into the water again. And he took his shoes and socks off to try and get the ball out of the water. And instead, he no, he thought, no, I'm going to take a drop here. And what he ended up with was a triple bogey and he had to go into a playoff and he lost to Paul Laurie, the only title Paul Laurie won of his career. <laughs> uh, the final question now then, Graham, is um, it's time to put the gloves on or maybe leave them off. As Oscar De La Hoya is still umming and ahhing about a return to the ring, do you think he's better off inside or outside the ropes? Let's get a few facts here about Oscar De La Hoya. He's the highest earner of box office draws of all time. He won the most titles in the most divisions, OK? But everybody has had their day. Everybody has got this time where they've got a run out. And in his last fight, he was very, very sluggish. And as much as I'd love to see maybe the greatest boxer of all time back between the ropes doing what he does best, he will simply tarnish his reputation and turn into a Rocky Balboa. And let's face it, Rocky Five was not that good. <laughs> well, um, he's got to call it a day for me, Graham. Uh, he was a great fighter in his time, one of the all-time best, but he did struggle last time. And it'd be a shame to see him go out fighting half-wits and becoming another Evander Holyfield type. Um, he's got nothing to prove and his respect and his legacy to lose. Well, he's done very well for himself throughout his career and I just hope he now has a great retirement and so sees his time out fairly as he should do. That's it then, six questions. Now time for the winner. We're both going to reveal the scores to one another. Congratulations today, Dan. 13 points. Good scoring.
Oh, Graham, you've only got 11. Oh, no, you're kidding me. It's Pugwash. Pugwash takes the victory again. Oh, it's, I'm getting going. I just can't beat this guy. He's unbelievable. Sorry, Graham. I've been swatting up. Me, the, uh, the small man of sport, and Matt Burrow, we've been meeting up. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned the small man of sport because he's on any sporting question next Tuesday. Thank you very much for coming in today, Dan. And until next time, take care of yourself. Goodbye.